this is a TV movie, but we have the Columbia title screen. Yeah, that's right. That doesn't make sense. This was Screen Gems. Screen Gems. Oh, Screen Gems has that terrible outro. Do you remember that? That their their logo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Rodney Asher made a short called "The Best from Hell." If you ever want to check it out on YouTube, it has Screen Gems. The oh, Bears. Right. So are we in Chicago land? Yeah, we're in Chicago land, I guess. And we're going to the camp of the Bears. It's the training camp of the the uh, Chicago Bears. And it wait, so we're not in Chicago land. Excuse me. Uh, here it is. Okay, St. Joseph's College, U.S. Highway two thirty one in Wheatfield, Indiana. Mm. And this is the Chicago Bears training camp. It's their real training camp. They look like cows in the field. Is he going to go tip a cow? <laughs> and here this comes... This is a real training camp. Yeah, it's their real training camp, and those are real players. And this is Billy J. D. Williams. Oh, great. Who is playing Gale Sayers. And he is right now meeting for the first time Brian Piccolo. Oh, he oh he Brian does is Brian's song on a piccolo? Uh-huh. <laughs> Brian's song is on a little piccolo. Does he think it's ironic that it's his song and he, his last name is a musical piccolo. instrument? Piccolo. Right. Now this this song, Brian's song, was a hit because the seventies were they were it was crazy. Yeah. Why would you but yes, uh, a show a TV movie song became a big hit. Why don't you listen to it for a second? Because like that, uh -huh. Whenever said, I'm feeling kind of low like, and depressed, well, I asked you a question. Well, you I think said, about that uh -huh. night. You know, a lot of guys wouldn't have talked to me at all, but not you. You just said, uh huh, just like that, right out. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You saw that joke coming. Now this writer well, is a good in. writer, oh, but you uh, saw that, that building over there. That's uh, that's where Alice is. Okay, you can mute it again. Okay. What I just wanted to show is that there's a rival between rivalry between these two men because they're competing for the same position. Okay, right. Now, what he does is is Piccolo fucks with Gale Sayers. He he tells him that the coach. Okay, the coach's name is Hal. Um, one moment. Yeah, it's it's Coach George Hollis, and Hollis. And Piccolo is telling him that he's he you gotta stay on the side of his good ear. Okay. He's deaf in one ear. I think it's the left. I don't know. You gotta stay on the side of his good ear. So during the conversation, he'll be jumping around, getting <laughs> this correct ear. And of course, he's got no hearing problem at all. Oh, Piccolo he's just messing with him. With him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jack Warden is Coach Hollis. Yeah, Hollis. now I think he was in one of our other films we saw, and I couldn't. I find would him. not be surprised. Bernie Casey, yeah. I recognize. Let's see if we recognize. Don't know Shelley. She's one Lord of the wives. Now that's the big Lebowski, David Huddleston. Huddles, Huddle. Oh, is he? Wife. Is is he Lebowski? Not in this film. Oh no! But in well, Lebowski, he's got a dry mop. He's got no bucket. <laughs> And he's white. One does. Buzz George Killick. Collins. Buzz Kulick. Cool name. Oh, there's Jack. Look at Jack, man. How old do you think he is? In his 40s, 50s? 
25. Good question. Now, Billy D. Williams is in his early 30s right here. He's playing a guy who's in his super early 20s. Wow. Yeah, he's definitely young Billy D. Williams. Now, Billy D. Williams, this movie made him. This movie is really popular. I mean, I know yeah. South Park did a, when they finally killed Kenny off, they did a parody of this movie. <laughs> did they? Yeah, he was in the hospital bed and people would tear up. He rose to stardom after starring in the critically acclaimed television film, Brian's Song, 1971. Both Williams and James Conn were nominated for Emmy, Emmy Awards. Wow. Um. Williams said the role was one of which he was most proud. It was a love story, really, between two guys without sex. It ended up kind of being a breakthrough in terms of racial division. You see, the big racial thing on this film is that a white man and a black man were never roommates before in the NFL. And since, you know, they made roommates by the position you played, by the, by, you know, because you have to have camaraderie with the guys in the line with you. Do so, you really? I don't want to sleep with them. So they broke that rule. So now he keeps hopping around and it's frustrating Jack Warden. So so do they both get the position then that they're trying out for? No. Oh, no, he finally gets... Well, go ahead, turn the sound on a little bit. Sure. Give me a sec. You know, you've got moves, but you don't have to show them to me now. I know you've got moves, around here like, a, like a pauper in a pay toilet. Well, I was just trying to get on the side of your uh, uh, good ear. Good ear? Good ear. What are you talking about, what are you kid? talking about good ear? <laughs> the bears. You got little, the bear uh, punked. Uh, <laughs> All right, you can mute it again. He's just yeah, realizing. Uh, I, want to, I want to see his reaction. He's fucking with me. Uh, uh, never mind. Now, never Billy mind. D. Williams oh. is really doing Gail Sayers, who was very... Is shy the right word? He thought Billy played him too shy. Now look, these are real who people, right? Sit right next to him, the last guy he wants to sit next to him, Brian fucking Piccolo. Oh hi, Dick. Right. He's trying to psych him out. Now right? here's JC. Yeah, he's trying to psych him out exactly because he's competing for his position. Here's JC, and this is Bernie Casey. Yeah, I don't. We might know him from our show. I'm not sure. But um, he was a real football player and who switched to acting. There's, there's a lot of those stories, including Dick Butkus, who was, this is his first film ever, Dick Butkus. Interesting. He made the uncanny decision not to change his name. Listen, yeah. Dick, do you, want, do you want to go with a, like a stage name? Like, uh, Already got name? one. You kiss <laughs> my butt, it's Dick Butkus. Well, we're, what no kind of kid. name were you thinking for? What kind of show business name were you thinking for me, Dick Buckus? Uh, I don't know. Richard, not ass, not kiss. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little distracting. Okay, now what happened now is Brian Piccolo was talking to him when they should have been listening. So, of course, Gail gets caught. Gail, are you talking? Well, did you know that's a $50 fine? Well, you just got one. So now. Piccolo's find him. But look, Jack Warden sort of knows what's going on. So he wants to embarrass right. Piccolo. So he's going to make Be Piccolo sing a fight song, like a, you know, a, our team, yay, our team from his old alma mater. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Is Brian's that, is, song. That's what I was going to say. Brian's going to sing a song in a movie called Brian's, Brian's song. song. But the thing is, 
I don't know if this is why they call it that, because he will sing this song maybe two or three times in the film. Wow. No, yeah. You can put the sound on, but there's nothing there. He doesn't even, he sucks and everyone. Oh, got... here's to Wake Forest. Finest red, ruddy, reddish fill to the brim. Please mute it. Please mute it. No, no I want to hear it. Now, Gail puts his mashed potatoes on the seat. On the Ryan's seat. seat. Now, Reagan in the Reagan. I just Nothing want to compliment to James Kahn on his acting here, because when she sits in the mashed potatoes, he's got to be right. cool. He doesn't want everybody to know he's got mashed potato butt. Uh, he gave that look like uh, Honeymoon in Vegas. What am I doing here? Hey, why don't you... Let me see. Why don't you... Was there a sound effect? Squish. <laughs> no, that would have been good. <laughs> we'll be back. Brian's song returns. Da -da 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 -da. Was this ABC? Yeah. This was an ABC movie of the week, 1971. Now, Ga Brian Piccolo dies in 1970. So they're like, pow! Book and movie. <laughs> Strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the book, this was written, okay. Gail Sayers made an autobiography in 1970 called I Am Third, which might mean, I don't know, his draft pick. Right. In the, I don't know what it means. But this was only was, one chapter, a chapter on Brian Piccolo. It's, wait a minute, so he, this guy wrote his own memoirs and they took one chapter about another guy and, and turned it into a movie? Exactly right. But you know what I don't understand, Mike? Why would he make an autobiography before he's had a career? I mean, he started in 1965. He got Rookie right. of the Year. So Gail Sayers has a career here of five fucking years, and he's already putting a book out. But didn't you say, like, he broke, like, he was the first guy to, to have a white roommate? Well, I... I mean... That, yes, he was. What is it? I mean, the world didn't say, you know... I mean, a black man voting, a black president. I mean, these are milestones. <laughs> a black man is a roommate of a white guy. That's not yeah, really. Yeah. Jimmy Codd's your roommate? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, James Conn did not want to do this film because he didn't want to do TV anymore. Yeah, and he read the script him. and he said, yes, I'm doing this film. He loved the script. Well, can you imagine as an uh, actor, as a male actor, getting a role like this? It's good. You you get to be a sporty sports guy, and then you get to be vulnerable. Well, he played he played football in high school, so he had to like force himself to run slower than Billy D. Williams. He had to make mistakes on purpose to make Billy D. Williams look better. Nice. Turn up the sound because this is the first like scene in which they start. Hey, to... I did say thank you. I know. Well, I usually mm -hmm. calls for response like check uh, this out this is funny man you're welcome or how's your mother something how's your mother how's your mother well she's very fine thank you for asking <laughs> you're welcome Jesus, you're hey welcome. you're welcome right. you can be this is the first time that they have romantic feelings towards each other for the first time right. no Billy D. williams was i mean uh he made gail he made gail laugh 
So for the first time, Gail's like, maybe Piccolo is not so bad. Right. Maybe I want to sleep with him. Now, do you, does the story of Piccolo, like, was that national news? Like, I'm just trying to place yeah. the chronography. Like, yeah. so the story was a big story before this movie came out. Well, yeah, Piccolo was a play, a big player. I mean, he was no Gale Sayers, but he was a big part of the success of, now they didn't go to the playoffs. They didn't, it wasn't the greatest season, but it, as far as the team, he was a big part of Chicago Bears success that year and uh, for multiple years. Then all of a sudden, he starts playing not as well, Piccolo, and they take him off the team. The next thing you know, he's dying of cancer and is dead. So it was big news, at least, maybe not national, I don't know, but in... And, and you know, yeah. I saw this film as a kid, Mike. It made me cry. This was the yeah. first film I ever saw as a little... I mean, I don't know, it was 1970, so I was... I was... Eight, seven, six. Yeah. Six. But, I mean, I didn't see it when it first aired. I saw a rerun. I went to my mom and I said, oh, this movie is so such a... She was like, don't bother me, kid. She did not console me. <laughs> mom. Maybe she's not at the football. Yeah, this was a, a big, big, big pop culture moment, this movie. Yeah. There's was Big okay. was... all the way on the left. Now, you know he was the title role in Santa Claus the movie from the 1980s? Well, I only know that because I have his credits here. I don't right. know that movie. Well, I'm an old timer in a lot of ways. What that means is I'm a racist in a lot of ways. Oh. But I don't think it's all that common for a man of my age to... It's, you know, to be used to like things the way are. things are. Be comfortable. Blacks stay over there. We whites stay <laughs> over here. What's the big deal? What's it? Warren stays on this side. Ed seems to think it's a good idea. I what? guess maybe we are due for some changes around here. I want to, I want to wait for Lebowski's voice. Oh, no. No, it's not that simple, Gail. <laughs> JC's idea... Yes, I did agree with him. Is that this is 1965? Wow. And we'd like the bears. I to suggest you do what your parents did and get a job. So we'd like you and Brian Piccolo to room together. What? That's it? That's the big deal? That's all. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's all. That's what this is about. Is that all? Yeah. I, you had me worried. I thought it was something. Now they're really going to say the end words. You might want to mute. Man, you're talking about a white man. To all right, I'll mute. Our show doesn't need to have that word. Okay, well then, this is a bad song. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm Brian's sorry. song. This is a bad movie to pick because they will make, they will say the N-word, James Cons will say the N-word. He says chicken N-word. Mm. But when he uses the N-word, Gail Sayers and his wife think it is hilarious in this script and that's probably reflecting of real life because it was in his autobiography i guess right have you ever read the autobiography is this something that no. you read you know i enjoy watching football i'm not one of those people who likes to understand everything about the players especially their real lives yeah. and that's true for everything for me i love well, rock bands and i'm not interested in who's sleeping with who and who's lost their house and who's on heroin you know right but you know uh although it does help you appreciate johnny thunders more if you know that he was on chinese rocks 
He was living on Chinese rocks. Okay. This, uh, <laughs> I, I think feel. I'll appreciate him less and be happy with it. I feel kind of bad because, you know, with our our podcast of several years, I've been forcing you to actually get the details of movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you may not give a shit about, like, the players, but you're needy. You have to. Movie it's like a- yeah. Yeah, let me tell you, uh, James Caan, this film actually put him a little bit over the top, even though he was already, um, okay, he had been in El Dorado, he had been in Robert Altman's Countdown, which is a, a name, we should I never know even it, heard I don't of know. It. I never even heard of that movie. We bet, should, we, Fra- Francis Ford Coppola's The Rain People, okay? Right, and he was right. Like, I'm a movie star now, I'm not a TV guy anymore, I'm not doing this film, and the agent would say, well, they really want you, no, I'm not. And he goes, hey, I got in the mail the script. I told you I don't want to do this film. Read the script. I read the script, but I'm not doing it. Then he read the script. And so after this, he became Sonny the very next year. Sonny, uh, 1972. You see, he goes, I'm pissed off because I'm probably not going to make the team. I'm probably going to get. Okay, turn it up. This is Dick Dick Butkiss. Oh. In the center. I'm making the team, gentlemen. Well done. Wait, who, the mustache? Kind of frowns yeah. on the Asian of new men. Jesus, but now that you've made the team, it's really like <laughs> you're one of us. Oh, no, initiation. Welcome right. to the Chicago Bears! But what you don't see is the actual hazing, and this is a movie. I don't think that's a good idea. You know, this is a movie, so we need to see something. We need to be we, what, thrilled. How many noodles poured on their head? Look at yes, this. Yes, we need to see it. There's the wives. Now, this is real footage of... Yeah. Yeah, this is actual. And I got to tell you, as a football fan, the helmets look very funny because they are... Like, today's helmets look like space helmets, right? Of the astronauts. So to it's, protect it, your head. Yeah, it's so thin, and they just have that face guard. It's very different from today's helmets. Look at these towels from the 70s, man. They really go around the waist. There's a lot of improvements in towel technology, but yeah, the yeah. old school towels, they would go around your waist. <laughs> now, Piccolo's fucking with them again, even though they're roommates and friends now. He's going, what you call the defense? A bunch of cowards? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, like, he goes, well, we had a good off defense. You know, I mean, we had a good, um, you know, and we just, all right, whatever. What we so missed is-, is Brian Piccolo was like, I probably didn't make the team. And then Gail Sayers was like, well, they wouldn't make us roommates if you didn't make the team. And he was like, hey, yeah, that's right. And he got all excited. And they went to call their wives. And that's when they were initiated. But right now we're watching a real game, right? This is yeah, not this like is an Gail exhibition Sayers. game. This is Rookie oh. of the Year, 1965, Gail Sayers. Oh, wow. So this is actually number 40 himself. Yep. Touchdown! So, this, so they made the team if they're actually playing a game in the season, right? Like, well, I know. Okay. That... Yes, but you can still get cut. There's an initial period. Okay, now we meet the wives. Ooh, at Pizza Hut. Now, Gail is very shy and very quiet. And hopefully the defense goes the same way. Yeah. Well, Okay, this is like, a, the word isn't mansplaining, but it's one of those situations in which the men are talking about, like they're talking shop, 
and the women are pretending it's so interesting and and funny. Go ahead, go ahead, listen. Figures he's gonna get really foxy enough to contaminate this. Very same plate. Um, trap plate is also called a sucker plate because it I'm makes the fence look real bad when it works. And the fence. They don't, don't like to look real bad. Well, the reason I wanted to, he makes a joke, right. and, and Gail is very shy. So his wife goes, Gail made a joke. Go ahead. Okay. How's the family, Rose? I was afraid to get up. I figured not everything was going to come with me. You have never seen anyone so black and blue in your life. It's like a room with a color play again. Oh, because he's blue. Gail told the joke. Ah, Gail got jokes. You know that expression? Gail got Gail jokes. Got jokes. Yeah. Oh, Gail got jokes. Hey, everybody. Gail, Gail he speaks. Jokes. He speaks. <laughs> he was a very shy person. And there was a remake of this film in 2001 by Disney Channel. And Gail really? Sayers he liked, he said he liked the remake better because Billy D. Williams just played him too shy. But the truth is... He, he played was. him accurately. I mean, there's going to be this scene in which uh, Gail Sayers up, gets up to accept an award and make a speech, and he basically just stands there. I mean, it's recorded, Gail. This is you. He's not faking right. it. Wow, this is really incredible, this archival footage. Yeah, did you see him juke the... Um, the yeah. Rat? He ran. He ran along. <clears throat> I think I understand football. You see... Football, the differences between football and baseball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a, everything. You ever see that Church Carlin bit? No. Oh, is yeah. that one I football. should check out? Well, you know what? You should, if you ever have an opportunity to watch, I think the first episode of Saturday Night Live, George Carlin does his difference between football and baseball bit in one okay. of the many opening monologues. So you, you'll see it. It's a famous bit of his. In baseball, you got to go home. But in football, you got to kill the other guy. <laughs> he was a true genius. He would take a lot of expressions and, and bear new light to it. So that was a good bit. He's whistling. Well, yeah, you see, they've been practicing his speech and getting all ready because they're good friends now. And he's about to get up and give his speech. Uh, don't, don't mess up my... I'm not the, you thank you, Carl. Not, let's hear his speech. Uh, <clears throat> I'd like to thank you all for this honor. It was not really right. I was to say, to give it to one man, it's football is about a team, and he's got a whole thing prepared about the team. Okay, just get to it, Brian. Uh, no, not Brian. Gail. Living guy. Gail Sayers. Yeah, right. Okay. Gay Sayers. Anytime, Gail. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> I did not like that whole thing. Now, look, the speech is there, and it's a continuity error. It's clearly a blank piece of paper. Oh. Well, then it's he said everything he, he said everything he needed to say then. Yeah, that's right. He followed his speech. Good one, Mike. Good one, Mike. <laughs> hey, man, I could do sports humor like the rest of us. Like the like the rest of us guys. 
Williams' film debut was Last Angry Man, 1959, but he came to national attention in the movie Brian's Song, 1971, earned him an Emmy nomination. He didn't win it for Best oh. Actor. Basically, this, this gave him a career, the, his appearance in this. And guess who it didn't give a career is Lou Gossett Jr. Lou Gossett Jr. was cast to be Billy D. Williams' part and play Gail Sayers, but then yeah. he was like working out and he he ripped his Achilles tendon and he was like crying in his cornflakes because it was his big shot. And the producer was like, don't worry, man, we'll get, listen, I got this thing coming up. It's called Roots. I'm putting you in it. So that's oh. it. He became Chicken George and he yeah. became a very famous person that we saw as a wrestler. Am I wrong? It was Thunderground? Thunderground. Good one. Um, no, this is the one where like the kids take over the soda shop and make it into a bar. Oh, this is the Living zoo crew. Trailer. Zoo crew. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't yeah. that Ben Vereen? Ben. Uh, that was Ben Vereen living in the trailer. Okay, yeah. so Ben Vereen just happens to have a club, but he lives outside in a trailer. Okay, Good never movie. mind. I'm confusing two people. It wasn't Lou Gossett Jr. All right. Well, now they're double fisting. Oh, they got pizza again. What they're saying here, like it's like. Who made the, the next he's got the thing like who's on the oh, next no. team? Yeah, and Brian's not on it. And but he got first starting guy, right? Yeah. So poor well, Brian. Gills, poor Brian. Come on, pizza's getting cold, black magic. Um, he calls him black magic, and yeah, Gail calls him pick, as in piccolo, but Oh. The true his true nickname. Uh, Brian Sayers' true nickname was the Kansas Comet because he went to school in Kansas. I don't know. No, but that, I mean, like, that doesn't really roll off the tongue. Hey, so, Carl, like, what's up? Everything's Kansas. going. <laughs> Comet. Comet. Yo, KC. Okay, so everything KC. is great with the world, right? I mean, Brian, yeah. he's on the bench, and okay. Gail, Gail is taking the position, like, Brian is not starting. He's sitting there waiting for Gail to get out of the game, and then Brian gets to go in. But, oh, no! What happened? What happened in a sports movie, if you fall in slow motion, something fucked That's up not good. going down. Oh, now it's regular motion. I'm in pain! I'm in pain! <laughs> Damn it! Damn it, says Jack Warden. Now, this is real footage. This is Gail That's Sears. That's his wimpiest moment. God, can you imagine, like, having a movie about your life and you have to rewatch the moment you got fucking banged <laughs> up? That's right. Yeah. So now... They're driving in the grass? Yeah, fuck it. No, it's a driveway. And not only is it a driveway, but it's the house of Bewitched. They're going to walk into the television set of Bewitched, believe it or not. <laughs> Right, because uh, 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 what's what was her mom's name? Agatha. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe that was the daughter. What was the daughter? Tabitha. Yeah, yeah. Tabitha. Which, yeah, you no, know, Esmeralda. Was... That was her. Do you remember Tabitha had a late seventies spinoff show? Like she was an adult witch. I remember was, that, uh... that was a true thing, but I never. Yeah. You know who played Tabitha? It was Lisa Hartman from Entertainment Tonight. Interesting. 
From okay, Edge here is this bewitched set. They're at a television station uh, set right now in Los Angeles. It's a little different, right? Different chairs, different TV set. Uh, no. Uh, well, maybe you're right. I don't know, but. Do you recognize it? Does muscle memory no. in your head go, that's Bewitched House? No, no. Like, if you showed me Brady Bunch's house, I would know it. Uh, <laughs> no, this is. That would be so funny, Carl, just for a movie to have an interior of the Brady Bunch house and not call attention to it. <laughs> if you showed me, uh, like, Ricky and, and uh, Lucy's bedroom, I would know it. Sure. Family matters too. I'm, I pretty much know that house by heart. Yeah. Her, now this yeah. is a like I'm feeling sorry for myself scene. Like I said, I was okay. Now get out. But not that. Men and their feelings. Do you think this movie like the reason why it's such a pop phenom was that it was men and their feelings and love for each other and. Yes, but I, I think it also had to do with the popularity of football and the racial component, and that it was apparently a quality film. You know, <laughs> this this thing, Nielsen ratings, it was 32.9. It had an audience share of 48%. Half the country that watched TV that night watched this. That's nuts. Now, it was the most watched made-for-TV movie ever, but not for a long time. Uh, the right. Night Stalker in 1970. Okay, somebody's in the basement. Who's that in the basement? What the fuck is this shit? Well, that knee ain't gonna hey. fix itself. Go uh -huh. ahead, listen, guys. Pick Piccolo itself. Yeah, what the hell is that thing? What it is, which is a leg lift machine. What for? For? Well, uh, getting that knee back in shape is not gonna be a take it easy proposition. So I set it up in the basement so you have to walk down the stairs. <laughs> I'm not afraid. Uh, I'm not afraid. Ouch. 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 Mike, don't Ouch. you dare, Mike. Don't you make a mistake. Ouch. 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 Okay, now. You you see the towel in his hand. I am not afraid. I'm just tired of being bugged by reporters. Linda, you. Hey, you. You, know, you are a real charmer, Sarah. I mean, an absolute saint. Maybe you think it's a real friendly thing hey, to do. You can stick that in your ditty bag, too, you that, dumb jackass. Ditty bag. Whoa. You dumb jackass. Now, the towel's going to dis... Yep, towel disappeared. Yep. He called him a what? Ditty bag? He said, put it in your ditty bag, you chicken... I don't know what he said. But listen, I, if I've, this is my fifth time because were, we were going to do this yesterday. So I was like, all right, I'll watch it one more time if I've got the time. <laughs> Fuck, I said to see this goddamn film. And I didn't really, cry. Really. But how's your chest hair, Carl? Like, did you grow chest hair every time you watch Brian's song? <laughs> if I could grow chest hair, I would. So, <laughs> so what's happening here is he's saying, look, I'm not helping you because – because you're my friend. I'm helping you because like it, when I was in high school, I was the greatest this and the greatest that. But unfortunately, there was a guy better than me. So even though he led the country and such and such, there was a guy, you know, he had to play second fiddle. Same thing happened when he went to college. Now he's in the pros and he's the greatest, greatest, greatest. But there's like his second fiddle again. So he's like, 
now he's the starter because Billy D. Williams is out. So he, what he wants to say is, I want you coming back. I don't want anybody saying that I got a lucky break. I want to beat you legitimately. So we're going to get your knee back in order so that nobody can say I'm not the greatest because of me. That's his that's, whole deal. That's a really nice thing to say to someone down on his luck, right? <laughs> I mean, that's that's actually a good speech. Yeah, and it it's it's uh the truth is and you can see it through the film. He really is doing it cuz he loves this guy. He's a good yeah. friend. Now remember in real life this was happening, not exactly like this. We don't know what the real life was, but we're talking about 21 and 22 years old here. Right. I mean, this wow, guy so died. He didn't get to live. You know, like you're born, now you're 4. You're really not living yet. You're 8. Like, it isn't until your high school you can see what it's going to be like to have a life, right? He's graduating, he goes to college, and then he's dead. What a ripoff. Right. What, you mean the, the college admissions were like, we're not going to get money for junior and senior year. <laughs> Tuition money's gone. So what he's doing now is he's hearing Brian Piccolo do great <laughs> on the radio. So he's like, I've got to get better. Fuck this cane. So now he's yeah, he like, in the trash. Perfectly good cane. <laughs> perfectly good cane. If I saw a cane in the trash, I'd be like, what's the story? <laughs> Did somebody beat yeah, up it somebody's dead. <laughs> so now we see, oh, the it isn't your Rocky montage or anything, but we do see like him without music and fast cuts. Okay. We see him working hard get back in shape and we see brian helping him it, it's a big i mean he's playing professional football so it's like get back in shape to play for, re play professional football again That's yeah the, the stakes are high it's not just like get back so that you can walk again it's get back so that you can be the athlete you used to be it, it's it's asking a lot Cut. I love James Conn's hair throughout the decades. He yeah. always had the best hair. Look at that. I'd love to have hair like that. <laughs> What's so great about it? Just regular hair. No, he's got the curls, tight curls. It looks good. <laughs> okay. So this was so popular that they tried to release it theatrically, but it really didn't work. It it was a they thought this was such a hit on TV, let's try it in the theaters. And it it didn't that's interesting because if it shows on broadcast TV in the early 70s, there's a good chance you're never going to see it again until they yep. do a rerun of it. So, you know, it's definitely water cooler, school next day at school kind of conversation. Did you see Brian Right, Kong? and then it goes away. So a movie gives you a chance to see it in a limited window, you know. Uh, the production was such a success, ABC... Uh, on ABC that it was later shown in theaters by Columbia Pictures. Now that explains our opening logo, right? That explains, and, yeah. And okay, so it was released. Of course, the premiere was in Chicago. However, it was soon withdrawn due to lack of business. And also it was theatrically released in, in Europe. I don't have much data on that. Okay, yeah. so now we have the scene when it's like, I'm healthy again. They're like, first one to the hot dog stand, buys the hot dogs. Now look, there's trouble. Okay, oh. this is a famous scene, them running in slow motion together. 
You can see Jimmy. Turn on Dennis. the Brian song song. Oh, this is the Brian song song. Na, 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 na. This was a hit. Come on, seventies. This was a hit. Instrumental. It's an instrumental. Now look, what's happened? Things aren't good. I did Papa. Ew. Papa Kneebone. But wait. Ah. Burr, 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 now, burr. All the times I've seen this film, it's not clear to me if he was pretending. It looks like he did really fucked up. Yeah, it did. It does. But I mean, this is the scene that declares like you're healthy again. So if he just fell, you know. A Brian song has no lyrics. It's an instrumental. Well, there are lyrics. There are lyrics. Let me go to the okay. song and tell you about it here. Okay, Bell Records released um, an album. There wasn't enough music to make a soundtrack because they just keep playing this song over and over again. <laughs> so they to justify a long-playing so soundtrack album, Legrand, Michael Legrand did this, uh, recorded Brian's song, Themes and Variations, which included a oh. section of his um, other film projects. But... They released a 45 called Brian's Song. Um, theme to Brian's Song called The Hands of Time, popular term in the 70s, um, become, it became a standard. It charted for eight weeks in 1972, number 56 on the Billboard Top 100. So that's not so, so high. Crazy. But for a TV, one-time TV a movie experience, that's pretty high. That's right. Won a Grammy Award for the Best Instrumental Composition. What variations? We had one song and we stretched it to an LP. No, the forty-five. The forty-five. Oh, 45. Okay, song. You. Yeah. Hey, Coach Dangle, how's it hanging? Okay, now we're supposed to see the shadow of the boom mic, but I really think it's no big deal. Over James Khan's head to the right, you'll see okay. a shadow of I do, a. I see it. It's all the way at the way top. It, it it's not even worthy of an internet mention in my. Okay, turn this on. Turn this on. Okay. Let me like, do number one fullback. Hey, big, you and like, me starting back, Bill. What do you say? We're gonna replace you as halfback. Keep it up. Keep it up. Coach, I didn't think it was That's possible, but I think you finally found the way to shut him up. Look at him die. He's a good actor. He's a good actor. Did you ever follow his twi uh his Twitter account? James Conn died, a, right? He died. Uh, he died yeah, he in 2022. Yeah, pretty recently, 2022. His Twitter his tweet account. He would always uh, end every tweet with the words "end of tweet." <laughs> <laughs> like like telegraph stop yeah <laughs> now this is real footage the thing is it wasn't the tv broadcast it was somebody with a 16 millimeter film on the sidelines you know because that was the day right because usually like if you watch a movie like if disney plus did brian's song now they would use cgi and yep. 
you know, maybe they would get, you know, rent a space, but they wouldn't. This is really well done, I think. Well, because, maybe uh, what I should have done instead of watching this film again was say, okay, check out the 2001 Disney release. Yeah, but that's not your style, though. No, it's not. Watch the film. Okay, so yeah. now Brian Piccolo is in the peak of health. He's doing great all the time. He's he's excelling on stage, but he keeps losing weight. Why? There is no reason for it. He's eating. Uh-oh. Yeah, something's something's not right. It's so strange because we're halfway into this movie. So, like, I guess the third act is just him bedridden, or? (laughs) Well, it's got its ups and downs. It's not just him bedridden, but, you know. The thing is, in real life, he had multiple surgeries. In this movie, it's like he had two. He had one which was supposed to fix him, and it didn't work, and he went in for a second one and died. But also, this is a, he had testicular cancer, and it's extremely treatable. Uh, Just not back then. Right. Uh, Let me tell you about this cancer. The cancer began with the tumor near Piccolo's heart taking root in embiotic tissue. You know, you have that since you're born. It's your embiotic, uh, it's a little sac you're in. It it recurred in his pectoral muscles, giving him a form of breast cancer, and it involved a lung. Oh, water boy. Oh, yeah. Thank you, water boy. Thank you, water boy. Okay, so uh, Brian Piccolo had a metastasized version of t- testicular cancer, not mentioned in the film for reasons of delicacy on Prime TV. Testicle was a censored word. He underwent multiple extremely painful surgeries. He had a breast, you know, mastectomy, the removal of his chest wall, the removal of his Jesus. testicle, which is called orchiactomy, and other things is a bullet point here. Uh the surgeon was too gung-ho, a lot of people feel, because his, his Brian's chances were virtually zero. The cancer at such an advanced state, there was nothing that could actually be done. They should have focused on his quality of life. Now, in yeah. 74, right? He just died in 70. In 70, 71, did he die? In 74, this doctor, Larry Einhorn, developed a regimen that had direct dramatic impact on this form of cancer. Today, this cancer, when caught at the right stage, is the most treatable cancer, and it beats leukemia in its treatableness. Uh, 70 cent per, 70 cent per chance, chance of survival he would have had. And if somebody's testicular cancer is not metastasized, it's 99% survival rate. So he got born wow. at the wrong time. Yeah. Hey, uh, bad news. Uh, what's that? You have something, something cancer. Oh, this damn TV movie. You tell me I have something, something. Yeah, write in your somethings. <laughs> Please tell me, where is the cancer? Uh, well, you it's know. somewhere. It's, uh, you got it in the somethings. It's around your zone. Now, guess what? Brian Piccolo, I mean, Gail is being told by Jack Warden that Brian Piccolo... He's getting cut. He's going down to the lower team, the whatever it's called, AAA or whatever. He's just not performing. Yeah, the farm team. 
So, but it's not because of cancer. It's just that he's a shitty player now. They don't know about cancer. He's just a shitty player. He's not. <laughs> Did I say he that? Can kick our ass, okay? He's just not the hundred. You know, he's at eighty percent, and the other guys are at a hundred. So in football, oh, I'm tackling. But in baseball, it's an out. <laughs> <laughs> My George Carlin. So I, he, does he make baseball seem wimpy compared to football the whole time? That's the trick to a George Cadence, uh, George Cadence, a George Carlin Cadence. You mm -hmm. say like, uh, in cricket, but in lacrosse, <laughs> good All right, so let's listen. I here. don't. I don't need football. Football. That's not what he's saying. That is not what he's saying. I'm going to hold my That's breath until I get back on the team. Being treated in a damn Chinese restaurant. He's mad at the doctor. Be this, be that. Give him, give him a straight answer. He just tried. It's like a half hour left, so the last 20 minutes he's going to be having cancer. Why are you... Is it, uh, I let you run the film because you're so heavy on the mute button. I'm so liberal with the mute button. Yes, you're right. I... Let the men speak. It's also pointless, Gail. I mean, I know perfectly well what's wrong with me. Uh-oh. Gail, I, uh, I think I'm pregnant. That's <laughs> <laughs> played your fat ass. People loved this film, man. They loved it. Yeah. Oh, no. This is like a big pop culture moment in America. The Chernobyl Stadium. Yeah, that's right. Now, look, I didn't mean for you to leave the mute button on forever. I just mean be a little more liberal. Gail Sayers wanted to play himself, which would have been sucky. It would have been horrible. Uh, it would have been the first time. Big Lebowski. Yeah. They got bad news. Carl, I don't think you would know this, but there was a, a World War II movie about a true story about a guy who who sacrificed a lot. He he survived, but he played himself in the movie. I think he got an Oscar. I, I God, I wish I had my movie trivia. Uh-huh. Right at the tip of your brain. More attuned. But uh I remember that. So people have I'm trying to think of movies where the actual person plays themselves. Uh, yeah. Private um, parts? Right, private parts, but that doesn't really count. That's like a fake movie. It's, it was a star vehicle for him. It wasn't right. uh, a retelling of a true story. I mean, it no, was, right. but it wasn't. Okay, so I'll now we're learning there. Brian has cancer. And uh -oh. he's not happy. He's not happy. It's something that Brian carried around inside him all his life. That's the embryonic fluid part. Um, I kicked it off. They don't know whether or not they they got it in time. I'm afraid they don't know that either. Now, you know Gail is shy and bad at public speaking. So he's like, I'll tell the team. They're like, you, Gail? Who's going to tell him? I'm not going to tell him. You tell him. No. No. <laughs> I'm not going to tell him. Yeah, he's my boyfriend. Okay. You, Gail? That's not me. Hey, guys, I got some good news and I got some bad news. Listen up. 
Good news right. is I'm over my public speaking fear. <laughs> the good news, I learned how to start an introductory, uh, how to start a speech. The bad news. <laughs> I don't know how to finish. Uh, Brian's got cancer. Now, he's not just saying like, guys, Brian's got cancer, but... One of the things I didn't mention that's a big deal in this film is who gets the game ball? The best player every game gets the game ball. So he's like, we should award the game ball to Brian Piccolo, who's not even on our team anymore, but he was just yesterday and he's got cancer. So let's give him the game ball. So the thing is, they give him the game ball and go on to lose the game. So Brian Piccolo's like, come on, man. You give a guy a game ball, he's supposed to win the game. Right, Brian. We we talked to the team and I talked about it and 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 you want me to play? No, we got you this ball. <laughs> right. It's to celebrate your cancer. We're bringing you a ball. To, to celebrate your testicular cancer, Carl. We're getting you a testicle. Here here's the game testicle. You got me the game something something? It is 1971. Oh, he's giving a big speech. Yeah, go ahead. That is sick, very sick. <laughs> and uh, it looks like... Uh... <laughs> this isn't what I, when I cried. I cried... You might never play football. Like at the last, yeah. like, death scene. We don't see him die, yeah. but... This is pretty brutal. I haven't seen this movie before. I know you've seen it five times, so I might be talking over the more sensitive moments. It's all right. I, maybe I saw it six because I saw it when it aired when I was a little kid. Right. But, but the thing is, maybe I was super young because, okay, 71, I was in East Orange, and I'm born in 66, so right. I was... Um, five? Yeah, maybe I was five. So it makes sense I would cry over somebody dying. Like, you go right. to watch it. I remember the first time I ever saw a television show from the beginning to the end. Because as you know, you didn't pick one and stream it. It was just rolling. Sure. You just turn it on TV. What an experience. I never knew what the fuck they were talking about on TV, you know? I would always be coming in in the middle as a little kid. Right. I remember the first time I saw a complete story from start to finish. Okay. The internet says this says it's a Los Angeles hospital, but we're supposed to be in Chicago. But I don't see a sign. No. So on your yell, go Bears. Oh, no, it has to be Chicago. You hear that? <laughs> Here he's going. You win the game. You're supposed to win, win the game. game. Stop busting my something, Brian. Now, <laughs> in this film, Bernie Casey is playing JC, JC Caroline, that guy right there. And, right. but as they're exiting the room, James Kahn will go, thank you. Thank you, Bernie. He'll, he'll give him, he'll give Bernie a slice of pizza. It'll call him Bernie. And they left it in. Bernie Casey, record-breaking hurdler. He huh. would throw hurdles for Bowling Green State University. Helped the 1959 football team win a small national College National Championship, All-American Recognition, U.S. Olympic Trials in 1960, National Honors 
high hurdles, 58 so, through 60. All right. So I'm looking at his credits. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Never say never again. I'm going to get you, sucker. Revenge. Turn up the sound. Turn up the sound. All right. All right. Hang a sec. Hey, give me, give me a sec. Forget it, Mike. Don't turn up the sound. Duh. Duh. <laughs> you heard him, did you hear him shuffle in his feet? Take Kale down and have him. You can mute it now. Sorry, Carl. I was looking at Bernie Casey because I knew him from something. And, well, uh, he was now the I know. ninth overall selection in the 1961 NFL draft by I don't the 49ers, Sucker Free City. Yeah. Sucker Free City. I saw that. Now, the thing Sucker I know him Free. from is James Bond, the Never Say Never Again. Right. He was Felix, wasn't he? Right. The CIA agent. Yeah, who didn't help when Fatima was going to kill James Bond. Right. I finally saw Never Say Never. Never Say Never Again was there was a loophole with Thunder. One of the earlier Bonds, some guy had the copyright. Like they shared the copyright. It was the Broccoli oh. family and this other guy. So they took Thunderbolt, the, the underwater movie that Connery was in, and they just redid it. Mm hmm. So I actually, I never, I never saw the original or the, the unofficial remake. So I watched both recently. Okay. Now the director does a good thing here or the writer. And I haven't really told you about the writer yet. He's, he's yeah. really for real. Um, so they're in the cancer ward and this little girl was like, I want Gail Sayers autograph. So they came down to give him the autograph and he goes, well, she's not with us here anymore. She's not with us anymore. And he's like, well, do you uh, have a forwarding address? And she's like, no, you don't get it. She is dead. So the direct, uh, writer or the director all, you know, clearly did that to show us the tragedy that's to come, Brian. Right. Well, that okay. little girl passes away. Yeah. William Blinn is the writer's name. And he was all about television. You know, Rawhide, Gunsmoke, The Rookies, here, you know, Shane. But... With Aaron Spelling, he created Starsky and Hutch. That's pretty good. Look also, at this. Look he at was the air, his man. own producer. He made Eight is Enough and Fame. He wrote the movie Purple Rain. This guy was for wow. real. Carl, I just learned something about Eight is Enough, something I didn't realize as a kid. Yeah. That hour-long TV show had a laugh track. Eight is Enough had a laugh track? Right. <laughs> It I did that. It totally did. I was reading a book from 20 years ago, and it said the only two hour-long shows that had a laugh track, as per 2002, is enough and Love Boat. Love Boat sounds right. Okay, Love turn Boat this sounds... up. Turn this up. Okay, give me a second. Because you don't need a great amount of wind or. So what he's thinking side. about is, what if I become a kicker? I could be a kicker well, and I could be in the game. Oh, I don't know, Brian. I mean, I'm no expert on kickers and things. Yeah, Brian, like, don't you need to be out of the wheelchair? Come on, turn it up. Turn it up. Come on now. Don't make fun of me, Brian. I'm scared. What of? What of? What of? You can't be serious. You know perfectly well what of. No, I don't. I swear to God I don't, honey. Now look, I'm a, I'm no idiot, but this thing I got's bad, I know that, but, uh, well, it's just a detour, Joy. 
Oh boy. I'm not gonna let it stop me. Yeah, okay. No, just not, there's no I just way. wanted to show you this is real thing. He did not believe too he much was to do you, Joy. He believed he was gonna overcome this and be back to whatever. Maybe not football. Well, no, he wanted to try to become a kicker. Because you don't have to, you know, it's not it as physically. Pick it up, you dummy. Gail. Mr. Piccolo, calm down. Calm down. Calm Who's down. Sucking? The ball was wearing a white sheet. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah I was going to There's a lot of that. Started coming down. That's... What's going on with you? I tell you you're not liberal a enough on the like mute button. So now you just yeah, leave it and run. Yeah, well, oh, he's huh? you won a game. <laughs> That's right. Oh, boy. Yeah. You didn't dedicate this one to me, though, did you? Nope. Oh, now he's so he's better in now. Um, well, he's still in the hospital. He's going to have his surgeries and everything. He really hasn't had the surgery yet. Gotcha. And boy, are they going to chop him up. But like we said, in real life, it's much more uh, than they show in the film. In the film, there's two rounds. He has one operation that's supposed to save him. Then they find out there's still more cancer. You got to have a second operation. It's like... That's when he realizes maybe I'm going to die. You know, he was trying to right. get over it. Like he fixed, uh, like he helped Gail fix his leg. This is what he was trying to do. I guess I should tell you about these wives as actresses. If you want to, they're not really in many scenes. I mean, I understand, you know, it's traumatic to his girlfriend, his wife. No, they 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 are you know they're in the stands. They're laughing over dinner. They're at the award ceremony. They're at the bedside. You know, she's there when he comes home with the hurt knee. Here she is, right here. It's it's they they called them in the middle of the night to come over. Okay, let me talk hey, about her first. Joy sure, sure, Carl, I, I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I am going to kill Mike Spiegelman. Except for that cool logo on his. Okay. She was Mary Stone in the sitcom Donna Reed show. None of us ever saw that. But you might have seen her in Coach from 89 to 97. She was Christine Armstrong. She won two Emmy Award nominations. But also Shelley Fabris was the leading lady in Girl Happy, an Elvis Presley film. So... She is now saying that they didn't get all the cancer. They got to do another operation and somebody's got to tell Piccolo and she just can't bring herself to do it. Listen to Mike's wildlife in his backyard, my God. Okay, Judy Pace is the wom woman who plays Linda Sayers. Um, she, both of these women are still alive today. Um, Judy Pace was in a lot of black exploitation films. Uh, she played Vicki Fletcher on the TV series Peyton Place, which was way before our time and ended in 69. And she was also in another popular show called The Young Lawyers, which ended in 71. Sure. Um, I've Judy seen more Donna, I've seen more Donna Reed episodes than Coach. Really? Yeah. Don Reed has that great theme song. They're cousins, right? Or no, I'm thinking Patty Duke. Fuck. <laughs> now, here comes some bureaucrat paperwork guy who's like, 
you have to sign your form, like, you know, because it's for the coming operation. But Brian Piccolo doesn't know. He goes, hasn't the doctor come to see you? No. Why would the doctor come to see me? Oh, awkward. Yep. So it was supposed to be the doctor Billy has been here, hasn't he? He's talked to you, I mean. Oh, no, why? why? What oh, about? Well, I'll step back a little later. Oh, no way. No, whoa, 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 buddy. You can't just drop a bomb. What would the doctor have to say to me? No, I'll let the doctor tell you. Well, you're something, somethings. You've got <laughs> something, something. There's a lump on your something. Listen, the good news is you get to keep oh, one man. ball. Bad news is the football. <sighs> yeah, the bad news is it's the game ball for the game we lost. To show. And we lost the game. There's more of a tumor than they thought, Pig. They have to operate There's two again. more. Oh, man. That sucks. If someone went through surgery, that's the worst thing to hear. Well, the thing is, he thought he was on the mend in recovery. He's made it through the surgery. Now he's got to focus on getting better. Now he finds that all his hope and everything. Forgive the music, it's TV. You can oh, see it's all right. Soundtrack. Let's let's do Brian's song instead. <laughs> so memorable. Da, na, 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 na. I've heard I've heard this song a million times. Hey Brian, our Brian's song. That sounds like a like Sparks would do like kind of a fourth wall. This is a song about a song. Especially when gets into a habit after a while. He gets himself ready for a game mentally as well as physically because he knows those two things are all tied up together. Right. So why don't you come back after the operation? Because he's going to be fine. He's 100% mentally and physically. And what Brian is saying is that you're scheduling the game before he can get ready. Couldn't wait until over the weekend. Yeah. I yeah. Well, yes, it could, man. Let it. Great. You're not getting your signature, buddy. First thing Monday morning, Mr. Piccolo. Okay. Okay. I'll see you then. My quick conversation over. <laughs> man. Bad news. Can't get a bad news bears. Bad news bears. Oh, it is. He's the original bad news bear, Brian Piccolo. <laughs> right. What was the bad news? He died of cancer. Oh, that too bad he isn't alive. If I ever met him, I'd be like, I loved you in bad news bears. Bad news bears. I wasn't in best. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Brian's song. Should they rename Brian's song to bad news bear? <laughs> <laughs> He's not a bear there. right now, is he? He's in the farm. No, no, he's not even a bear. Ex-bear. Okay, wait, I think I'm wrong. Brian Piccolo is 21 years old at the outset of the film's narrative. Okay, so he that's five years. So he's like 26 right now, 25, 26. 
She's really young. Yeah. Yeah. Another bad thing is that a bad thing about this film, and maybe one of the few bad things, is he's doing Brian Piccolo in a southern accent. It gives him a little charm, his drawl. But right. Brian Piccolo is from Massachusetts, so I don't know where this comes from. Oh, you know, Massachusetts, they have that southern draw. They're yeah, like, right. Let's get hella wicked piss. <laughs> I guess they would say hella. <laughs> Why'd I throw it out? Hella? Wicked pissa. Oh, that's a northeastern. It's a wicked pissa. Okay, now this is the most heartwarming thing, and it's real. Like they have recorded, you know, the recording of his speech. He really did this. I'm sure Billy D. Williams does it better. Okay, let's listen. I'd like to say a few words about a guy I know, a friend of mine. His name is Brian Piccolo. Pick. And he has a heart. Well, I can't play the piccolo, but I can play the flute. Would you like to see me and play Andrea the flute, Mike? Courage. Yeah. I was going to kid himself. Yeah. And I do. Cancer. Ah, Carl's leaving the room. Okay. <laughs> he has a mental attitude. Makes me proud to have a friend who spells out courage. Yep. 24 hours a day, every day of his life. All right, I'll play it when it's a pause. And don't make fun of me. me. I haven't played in a while. No, it's no problem. I, I have my recorder right here. But I say to you here now, Brian Piccolo is the man of courage who should receive the George S. Hallis Award. So his memoir just talks about Brian in a couple chapters. No, it's one chapter Brian about wow. Brian Piccolo. And I think the name is Behind God and Family. I think that's the name. Wow. What a book title. The chapter. <laughs> I love yeah. Brian Piccolo. Isn't that nice? I'm just going to cry. I'd like all of you to love him, too. Maybe I cried during this scene. I'm not sure. And tonight, he was great in the people. <laughs> Gosh, I haven't played in so long. I'm probably Please gonna ask God to love him. Okay, awkward. This is the most awkward Dean Martin celebrity roast I've been to. <laughs> Nobody clapped. Right. Yay! Answer. Original recording. Okay, here we go. Ready? I'm gonna play. Yep. Hello, dial a joke. Hi, Magic. How you doing, Tim? Um. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, I, uh, that's, you, I didn't realize you were a flutist. That's like a flautist. It, right. That's so cool. I'm a flutician. Carl, how many instruments do you play? Well, I whistle the trumpet, I whistle the tuba, I whistle uh -huh. the, the piccolo. So that was just you whistling, you didn't even bother to blow the flute. No, you heard me play, right? I know, that's what I heard. Wait, did they do a weird swipe? 
Well, they did a, you're on one side of the phone, I'm on the other side of the phone. Now, basically what uh, Joy is saying here, not Joy, she's saying, come quick. You okay. come now. Because he's not going to make it. There's Big Lebowski. Right. Looking terrible. Well, I mean, you would too. <laughs> if I was Big Lebowski? <laughs> Now, why is Lebowski there? Uh, you know what? He just wants to let Brian know he's still not on the team. This is probably the scene where I cried. I think we're at the end now. And not exactly the end, but real close. And he's sure. going to speak with... Privately speak with uh, Gail Sayers. Oh, my God. Too bad. A racist. Are you biggest head to toe? You gotta believe me. Brian, what's your Netflix password? Quick, tell me. <laughs> what's your Netflix? What's your Netflix? Quick, quick, before you say it. No, Brian. Look at me. His focus. real last yeah. words were, "Can you believe this shit?" He was talking to his wife. That's his real last yeah. words. Can you wow. believe this shit? And he died. Oh, you sure it wasn't? What's your Netflix password? It was not there. Oh, th this is actually pre-Netflix. Even the DVD in the mail. I'm trying. Yeah. This is I heard there's this movie called Star Wars. It's pretty good. I'm good. Do you think I'll... No. Mike, don't you dare click that by mistake. Get your hand off the mouse. What are you talking about, Carl? This is probably where I was crying as a five-year-old. Yeah, sure. Boy. Oh, no, Carl. Uh-oh. Oh, he was... You won't see him die. You won't see him die. Very convincing, yeah. though. Now, I think this voice stuff is using his chest cavity and wall. You know, it it doesn't... Like, I myself talk through my head. Yeah. Most people talk through their chest. And if you're missing right. your chest... The way you sang that dumb fight song. Oh, he's talking about the mashed oh. potatoes incident. Yeah. Brian's song. Remember? Put mashed potatoes on your pants. Maybe this is why it's called Brian's song. I think it might be. The fighting song. I'm going to get you next training camp. Do you remember the time I put mashed potatoes on your seat and you sat down? That was hysterical. <laughs> oh, I could talk about that for days. Oh. Remember you tried to pretend you didn't sit in the mashed potatoes, but you totally did? Yeah. Why didn't you give me a real potato? Because those were already mashed. <laughs> more mashed potatoes. Can we talk about something else? Can we talk about something else other than the mashed potato? Is it? But it was so funny. Right, Brian? 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 Will we go to hell for this? <laughs> we might, right, Mike? I don't you know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we playing this? Yeah. 
Well, we're, we've been really respectful for this movie. We've been listening to most of these sentimental until it really movie. mattered, and then we'd laughed at him. Right. I'm just listening so I could make a bit out of this. Oh no! Oh no! He doesn't die on screen. Now this yeah. is the first interracial hug. Boy, this is terrifying. Brian. I love you, Brian. I love you. This might have been the crying moment. I feel it. Now remember, I know, like last year okay he's gonna live in real life i don't want to riff because i'm gonna, i want to see if i'm gonna cry or not wow wow that's the best muppet impression i've heard <laughs> that was a great tournament you got the role uh, i'm here for the role of beaker all right, Brian let's Bigelow see what died of cancer at the age of 26. What? He left a wife and three daughters. Six, yeah. Three he daughters? Also a great many he never met friends him. It's a film. Yeah. Didn't think of him often. But when they think of him, it's not how he died that they remember. Right. But rather how he lived. How he lived. How he did live. Oh, he did live. He no movie otherwise. He is It's gone. Yes. Wow, Michael Grand. Yeah, it was a grand production. Uh, Carl, what you think of this movie? I enjoyed this film. I thought it was well done. I didn't like the racism, but come on, what are you going to do? That was the times. This was oh, time out in 1971. It was okay to say the N-word on TV, and they did. Right. Multiple yeah. times. Well, I guess we missed that, so good for us. But yeah, that's right. I, Heavy on the I've mute always, button is worth something valuable when they're saying the N-word. You know, like, I, when it comes to... Here we go. Da, da, da. Ugh, creepy. That creepy screen gens S <laughs> at the end. Check out the S from Hell. That's Rodney Asher's short about the screen gems logo oh. at the end. Uh, and how it, it traumatized children. Speaking of traumatizing children, we had just watched Brian's song. I'd never seen it before. I thought it was pretty good. You know? Yeah. For, uh, it seemed uh, hit the punch. I like the fact that it's only 80 minutes. It launched the career of Billy D. Williams. It did not launch the career of Lou Gossett Jr. Right. It brought yeah. James Bond back to TV, and it had a hit song, which is ridiculous. A lot of men in our genera uh, generation was able to cry. You were allowed to cry. Our dads well, were allowed to cry. I was a boy, cry. not a man. I guess it, uh, I was still a boy then. But, you know, there's a whole generation of men who had permission For to this cry. Right. So that's how I always know that film. It was pretty good. Thanks, Carl, for uh, recommending the movie. Uh, we have another movie set up for next week. Here's what we want you to do. Join us every week. You're here at the end of the show. Uh, hopefully you had a good time. Keep that going. Go subscribe to our podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Please. 
Be, uh, listen to MutinyRadio.fm. They do live comedy shows in October. There's going to be their eighth annual Mutiny Radio oh. Comedy Festival. Yeah, uh, in October. No, so we have a, we have a movie all set up. I'm going to tell Carl once we get off the air what the movie is, but we'll let you know next week. So uh, keep reaching for the stars. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. See you next week. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been over one long year Watching movies bad, strange and weird Commandeered by Michael Hi, this is Carl I'm Mike's friend I I wrote this song My turn-ons are French poodles Chinese German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the uh, uh, duh, duh. Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's an acronym. It stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hey, buddy. How are you doing, Carl? Hey, Mike. I'm doing good. Let me just adjust my lighting here. Whoa. There we uh, go. Looking good. <laughs> we, uh, we are a multimedia uh, force. We are right now streaming uh, audio. 
first on mutinyradio.fm. You can listen to us first on mutinyradio.fm. It's, it's a streaming service, a streaming internet station right out of the Mission District of San Francisco. You could use your podcast app to find it and listen to live. You could just go to a browser and type in mutinyradio.fm. We are there Sundays, 2 p.m. as we are right now, Pacific Standard Time. We also have an audio podcast, but you're going to have to find us by our acronym. Remember that? L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And then for shits and giggles, why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel where you get to see us right now in person. We're going to be watching a full-length movie on YouTube. The podcast is, the premise is that we're going to talk over the movie. So you watch the movie and listen to us at the same time. Carl, what is the movie this week? This week, we will watch Stewardess School, 1986. Stewardess School, 1986. Not flight attendant school, okay? And not police academy. It's Stewardess School, 1986. The channel we like is C, the initial C, C dot, C Monk Records. C M O N K okay. Records. Some Monk Records. Uh, go ahead and check out. We want you to go into YouTube right now, type in Stewardess School from 1986. You will find C Monk Records is the channel hosting it. Yeah, Click you that will link. see C Monk yeah. Records. You will see period C Monk, Monk Records. Records. So we <laughs> want you to go ahead, click that link, hit pause immediately, move the timer to zero zero zero. I know this is going to take a lot of effort. My producer, our producer, the producer, Carl. Not only did he write that theme song you heard up front, not only has he researched this movie extensively, he interviewed a celebrity comedian. It was going to give a celebrity comedian countdown. And when that celebrity comedian says go, we're all going to press play and watch the movie at the same time. And I know that takes a lot of effort, but Carl's going to talk to the celebrity comedian, get to hear a little bit about. So it gives you some time, gives us a little history of comedy. Carl, take it away. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Joe Alfano. Welcome, Joe. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How's it going? All right, good. Now, Joe, I see you out there a lot. We're bumping into each other at open mics. I also see you at shows. How long have you been? I think you're kind of new to comedy. Am I wrong on that? How uh, long have you been doing it? No, I've only, uh, November will be two years. Two years? Wow. Because I see you booked every Friday and Saturday night. What, we're talking about Laugh It Up in Poughkeepsie, Mopco Improv Theater, the Studio Playhouse in Montclair, which is where me and my co-host are from. You really accelerated. How did you get started in comedy? Um, so I always wanted to do comedy, and uh, there was just never anywhere to do it when I was uh, when I was younger. I have to say, like I'm an old man, but like <laughs> like when I met, like when I was like 18 and stuff like that. So um, I ended up going to law school up in Albany. And I knew that there was like mics and stuff up there. Like I'd seen like online, like seen. So I was like, all right, like I'll go try that out while I'm there. And uh, yeah, then I just started doing mics. I ended up getting like, you know, booked on like a little bar show. And then I was like, I uh -huh. don't want to be in school. <laughs> Did you leave school? Yeah, I dropped out. Really? To pursue comedy? Yeah, I was there on like. I also, I kind of fucked up. I took, I, I was there on like almost like half of like uh, half of my tuition was basically paid for because it was like an academic scholarship. Uh huh. So I took that from someone and then dropped that semester in <laughs> <laughs> to go uh, like talk about my dick at bars. 
Well, you're very good at comedy, and obviously it shows. I mean, you're getting booked all the time. Now, I think of you as a Hudson Valley comedian. Is that fair? Yeah, that's where, I, that's where I'm from. That's where I, I do the most stuff. I only started up in Albany, but then as soon as I dropped out, I had no reason to be up there. So yeah, I, most of uh, the comedy I've done is in the is in the Hudson Valley area, I would say. But you'll really drive for comedy. I mean, Montclair oh, yeah. must be about an hour, 10 hour. Th uh, I'm not sure where, where exactly you are in the Hudson Valley, but it's not close. You'll make the hike yeah. for comedy, right? I, I've, I've drove like two or three hours to do a, do a, do a spot somewhere. <laughs> I can appreciate that, right? And it's just a spot, right? You still want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I know you have this uh, podcast, The Splash Zone. Tell us about this podcast and where can people find it? Um, Spotify, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, it's up everywhere. Uh, basically, I used, to, I used to have a podcast before I uh, got into law school. And then um, when I was applying, I deleted everything because I didn't want that on the internet yeah. to affect me getting into school. And then I missed doing one. So me and a friend of mine, her name's Kelsey. Uh, she's my co-host on, on the podcast. And uh, we just decided like, you know what, like I have no reason. It's not like, you know, I go post clips. I do comedy now, so it doesn't really matter. It's not like it's going to affect me or my life. Yeah, so right. I can, you know, go get hammered well, what is and go fuck wild on the podcast. <laughs> But what is the Splash Zone all about? Like, what do you and her talk about? Like, what do you cover on your, what's the theme? Uh, it's just us just shooting the shit, just talking about stuff in the news, like stuff going on in our lives. Just, you know, it's it's just uh, like, it's just a comedy podcast. Like, it's mm -hmm. just us just hanging out, making fun of each other, making fun of stuff in the news, just whatever. Now, Joe, how can people follow you on social media, you know, on the internet? How can people know what you're up to? Instagram, I guess? Uh, Instagram is the best because I, I have like, I actually have Twitter. I just made a threads. I don't use any of that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I always use Instagram. It's the only thing like that makes sense to me. Like gotcha. anything else I post and I feel like I'm just shooting out of the wind. <laughs> What's your handle out there at Instagram? Uh, uh, Joe underscore Alfano. J-O-E underscore A-L-F-A-N-O. Right. Now, you've got fan right in the middle of, Al of, middle of Alfano, right? That's perfect for your fan base, right? A-L-F-A-N-O. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The Thanos. That's, that's, yeah, that's right. Fans. That's what they call them out there in the comedy world. You're Thanos. <laughs> you make half of the audience disappear. Okay. <laughs> so, Joe. Everyone at home is poised to watch this film with, at, with us at the same time as we do here in the studio. So everyone at home's got to press play at exactly the same moment we do right here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Joe Alfano, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian, for the Celebrity Comedian Countdown. I look forward to listening to it when the show airs. Now, without further ado... Let me unmute this. No, let me mute this, because there is further ado. This is somebody recorded their videotape. This thing, it didn't go straight to video in all markets, but it, had a, it was a box office bomb, so it pretty much went straight to video, and that's what we're going to see. So it's an ad on the videotape. Oh, my God. Can it be any more 80s? Yeah, no, no, it could not. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, well, thank you, PletchBuster.com. We're talking over your broadcast. Oh, Finally. So we went warning. from HBO, FBI warning to homemade video to now VCR. Uh, Look, it's very important. Attention, that's French. Oh, we got previews? Uh, I get it. <laughs> it good? Oh, following this feature presentation. Some feature presentation. Oh, good. Phew, there she is. Now we're, now we're rolling. Okay, here hey, we go. Hey, Columbia, uh, Columbia Pictures Lady, you got your flashlight on. Turn it off. Oh, turn off the flashlight. The flashlight's on. Hey, lady. Right there. Your flashlight's on. You got to turn that off. It's, it's right in my eyes across the bus. I think it sounds like the back to the future music. Do, 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 right? Yeah, it does. Do, 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 do. Oh, look at that. Yeah, that what do we have means here? This. He looks like a pilot. This yes. movie's already on autopilot. That's right. This is Otto. He is our pilot. No, I'm only kidding. This is Philo. Philo Henderson. Philo is like the hero of our movie, although it's really a sort of combo with Donnie Most from Happy Days and yes. Philo. You know, I, I wanted to do this movie because it has Donnie Most from Happy Days. Right. And he is credited as Donald. No, no, Don. He's Don Most. Now look at those glasses. Yeah. They're so bad. He's got these huge uh, contacts. Okay, and this will play in prominently to our plot. I can't see! I can't see! It's so obvious and easy. <laughs> this will play prominently into our plot. He so is he going to be in the cockpit? And he's be like, I can't see, I can't right. see. And they'll be like, we need you to, to land this plane. That's exactly right, yes. Okay, I look forward Donald to it. Most, you saw. Donald okay. Most, see, yeah. Now please. where are we? Now where are we? Oh, we're in the cockpit, maybe. That's right. Flying high. New cocks in the cockpit. This is 41 Heavy. Go ahead, LAX Tower. 41 Heavy, commence descent and await further landing instructions. Roger, traffic control. landing, right? It's just a routine landing yeah. Well, I mean, it established he's a professional pilot, and now we see him in a professional pilot. Really? And next to Ralph Mouth. Let's give a shout out to Ralph Mouth. The reason I love this movie yeah. is that he has been in that sitcom for like ever. Yeah. Just giving beats, 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 straight man, <laughs> funny man, give you know, setting up Richie. And then he finally gets a chance to to use those comedic chops in a full length movie. And what we get is like the best sitcom acting a movie's ever had. <laughs> you know, That's his timing's impeccable. Yes. Okay, so What's happened here is, okay, Donnie's name is George Bunkle. George Bunkle. Okay, so George is killing Philo. Me. I have a big party tonight. You always have a party. Well, this one's different. Everybody's coming. Why is everybody coming? He goes, because I said, I promised them that you'd be there. He goes, George! So now he's out of his seat, messing up, trying to get him to agree to come to the party. Because it will there be girls there? Yes. yes. Hold on, I'll lie down. You want me to go lie down? George. Well, you will come? Cut it out, sidekick George. Oh, no. Oh, they're going to crash. They're going to crash, but Philo will save the day and pull up. 
Pull up! Pull up! Yay! So now they're out of LAX and flying over straight old LA. Now, right. is your screen super dark like it has No, been I can see it. LA from LAX to LA Triple X. Look out, we're going to hit that famous building, the Roosevelt Hotels. Now, look at this bad cut. You can see the ground. <laughs> it wasn't like, well, they didn't have 9-11 footage back then, Carl. That's Give right. Cut some slack. So, we find out it's a very bad print, but we're looking at a flight simulator. Nobody died. They're students. They're pilots. This deceived me. Mm-hmm. He's not even a pilot. That's right. He's in That's training. Right. And he has just flunked the course. And it's all George Bunkle's fault. George. Hey, buddy, girls. That's going to be Donnie the whole movie, right? Yeah. But hello, ladies. Um, it, it, that's kind of fair to say. Maybe not the whole movie, but lots of it. Now we have twins, and we'll do the standard joke that they're talking at, they both say the same thing at the same time. They're like, where's Philo? Kurt, oh, he promised all the twin, hot twins in L.A. that Philo what showed up. the Michael Jackson party? Hey, he was very insulted that you didn't believe it was him that night. <laughs> Five minutes, Bunkle. Wow, that's weird how the twins talk like that. Yeah. Okay, now we have the stupidest joke ever. Donnie farts. Okay? And oh, He farts in an elevator? Yes. It's iconic. He's an iconic ass. Uh, iconic classic. Iconic fart. And that's all. That's the whole joke. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <gasps> now, we know this, this lady is a character actress. I could not find her in the research, but I know sure. her face. Oh, she faints. It's just ridiculous. He lives in a weird world, Donnie. Does whatever he wants, gets away with it. Says something funny. Cool. Now, I wish I was the elevator farting, Philo Donnie. Come upstairs to the party. But Philo is completely bummed out. I mean, Donnie has ruined their future as pilots, and that's all he wants to do is be in the air. It's not even about flying. It's about being in the air. Donnie's ruining it for him. He's like the Zach Galifianakis of the crew. Of the wolf <laughs> yeah. It was the Dukes. It was the Dukes. It's not my fault you wear glasses. You're blaming this on my glasses. They are pretty thick, those glasses. But I mean, Donnie bonked him and made the uh, yeah. flaps go. I mean, he. But Carl, if you had your, if your vision was that comedically bad, would you even be eligible to be a pilot? No, you're right about that, Mike. You absolutely could not be a pilot if you wore glasses. That's correct. Really? They're biased about four eyes, huh? Yes, they are biased. I mean, <laughs> blind people don't get a driver's license. It's unfair! Carl, will you stop it with your political correct, uh, <laughs> yeah. correctness? Politically charged speech. <laughs> so is he, he has an ascot on and a smoking jacket. It's really yes. classy. And mm -hmm. it matches his hair, god damn it. 
And it does match his red hair, right? Okay, now we're just going to get stupid jokes. Why? Like All I ever wanted to do was fly. Oh, look out, Harold Lloyd. Out the window. Yeah, you see the feathers? Yeah, so he landed on some someplace soft. Now, I don't know if it was the director, if it was some production guy, but the the, 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 uh, feathers are good. Yeah, because we live in a comedic universe right now. He didn't obviously didn't die. So you right. kind of need that extra detail just to let you know in the audience that this is kind of a joke verse and, <laughs> and, and everything's cool, you know? I dig it. So far, this movie, I don't know if it bores the shit out of me, but we had watched several Police Academy-type movies. Like, the one yes. I remember most we watched was Hamburger the Movie, which propositions, if you open up a burger franchise... You must go to a campus and stay there for several weeks. The university. Yeah. Hamburger U. uh, So this is the same premise. On the left is the shrink from Terminator 2. Yes. Now on the left here is Connie. It's not Connie. It's um, one moment. it's, hmm, It's Connie or Colette or something. Well, anyway, she's a big deal in our stuff. She was in Surf too. She was one of the girlfriends. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Penny, uh, Penelope Sue or Sue Penelope or? Good guess. Oh, it's Corinne. I couldn't say the name. Corinne Bonner. She was in Zapped. Now we saw Zapped too. That's right. Zapped again. Then she he she was also in Joysticks, which we saw. Oh, great. She was in Surf 2, which is one of our favorites, maybe the favorite. And then she was in Revenge of the Nerds 4 and the fourth Police Academy movie. But, I mean, she is something to our podcast. Yeah. Oh, hey, she's like royalty, if you ask me. You're in – so did you know that Revenge of the Nerds – Look, it's a Harley Davidson Dinah. So is this one of those, like, bachelor party, I'll give you this car? Whoa, what's the blue book on Betty? Yeah, well, it's a little weird. The shrink from Terminator 2 is doing this deal like, I'll give you this bike if you support my daughter's choice to go to stewardess school. Because she needs to become something. She's just hanging out with you and becoming a degenerate. So, look, he talks (laughs) him into it. And then, and then the barber said to the prostitute, "In your best interest, if you went back to school." Oh, uh, hey, yeah, I recognize her. Was she was she in the uh, Life Shack? No, I don't know. What she was, I pretty much gave you everything. No, no, I know. I'm just trying to place her in Surf too. She was the girl. Well, of course, she had long brown hair. She was the, the two, there were two girlfriends. She was one of the girlfriends. Oh, gotcha. Right. Gotcha. She was, they went and told her that, um, uh, do you remember they showed up and there was that beach shack they blew up and. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah. She called the cops. Right. Now, one thing I like about, uh, sex comedy movies is when they go the extra step. So we don't really care about classical music at all. Right. We just want to see the boobies. That's why we're we're here at twelve years old. So it adds a little class to it, a little comedy class. Comedy class. Now this is Mary 
Cadorette. I don't know. She's she was Jack Tripper's like wife or girlfriend, and she's a klutz. That's her wow. whole throughout the film. So she's she's like that guy in Police Academy who causes <laughs> trouble. Right, picks I up don't... an apple. From... You remember there was like a small mousy guy. He had a wife and glasses. Uh... Yeah, right. And every time he would walk down the hallway, he would knock something over inadvertently and cause a fire behind him. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, here's our next. Right. What? Okay. In a movie, there's always the inciting incident, and that's what we saw when they crashed the plane. But since we have so many players, we're seeing each one's inciting incident. Now, this is a wrestler, and she is thinks that her, this boyfriend is going to ask her to marry, right? Oh. And so the 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 like coach is like, guys never marry wrestlers, you know that. You know, he's he's, he's doing Rocky as a woman. Let me put it up. Oh he's right, like Bert Court. There he is, he's so cute. I think he's gonna pop the big question tonight. Wanda, Wanda, when you gonna learn Men don't marry women wrestlers. Cuddles is different. Aww. His name is Cuddles. Yeah, he's great in this movie. I like what? Cuddles. So all that's going to happen here is she's going to do aggressively win the match, and he's going to be like, fuck this, I'm out of here. She's killing. He's killing. Now, the other, the other wrestler is uh, from Bosom Buddies, her? Bachelor Party, Wendy Joe. She's really from Conan O'Brien. No, what am I saying? Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> oh. My mistake. Well, the other one, the one in the cow. The other one is just, uh, is only in the this scene. In, in oh, the all right. Movie. Okay, gotcha. Okay, Sandy Sandal Bergman as Wanda Polanski. She's the wrestler. Conan the Barbarian and Red Sonia. Those were her Great. big things. She's like, um, she's retired now, but she goes to like sci-fi conventions to sign things and stuff. She was in Xanadu. Um, she was in this low budget film called Hell Comes to Frogtown. Do you know it? I've never seen it. It's, I believe it's the Charlie Band production. The, the director of Head of the Family, I think his company produced it. Uh, oh, it's with Roddy Roddy Piper. It's one of those right. uh, films where you go, "Hey, you like bad movies? Check out this film." You know, okay. it's it's a gateway film. Well, that's what I thought too. Like, I I clicked, or you know, I was learning about her. I was interested in just the sound of it. I clicked on it. I thought it might be good for our show. But is this just one that everybody does? And we should steer. It's clear? kind of a go-to, yeah. But it's good. I mean, it's celebrated. I have I have not seen that. I haven't seen cannibal amazons and the avocado temple of doom there's another like hell comes to frogtown uh rodney rodney piper these women have um have these semen sucking machines to repopulate the world so they force guys <laughs> <laughs> what was her name the semen sucking machine so <laughs> so we've had three setups this was kind of funny. He goes, as all you think about girls, there's more to life than girls than this beautiful Very woman. little. It goes past and he goes, very little. 
There's a there Philo I know. Philo I know and love. You idiot. That's that chemistry I love about Philo and George. Oh, that chemistry off the charts. Now, Philo, you kind of won't recognize him here being all young, but this guy is, like, remember in Ghost Rider, they had the dad? Um, okay. Ghost Rider, the Nick Cage movie? Yeah, he was the dad who dies when he makes the deal with the devil. Um, Weird. I'll have to rewatch that movie. Well, he was the congressman in The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. So he wore a nice suit, basically. He was... Okay, no. This is how you'll know him. He was Thomas Wayne in The Joker. That's how you'll know him. Okay. I should rewatch it. Oh, right. I remember that scene. Wow, that's crazy. All we're getting from Jack Tripper's wife here is she's a klutz. And that's all... She's one note throughout the whole film... Why did you call her Jack Tripper's wife? There was a film. No, there was a, a sitcom spinoff from Three's Company. Right. Three's a Crowd. Jack's I Place. Jack's Place. Well, he made his own. He was a sous chef or some crap. Right. Well, you know the story about that. Three's Company is based on a British TV show. Mm-hmm. And then that British TV show had a spinoff where, like, the Jack Tripper had his own flat. Oh. It was Jack's flat or something like that. And that's so, what yeah, sure. That kind of inspired it, I guess. Is that Tony Rosada? No. I would doubt it. Okay, so Jack Tripper's girlfriend in Three's a Crowd, the Three's Company spinoff. That's it. Yeah, Three's a Crowd. In 1984. her the dad, the father-in-law, was always in Jack's way. Yep, yep. So this is Wiedemeyer. And he runs the school. And you might know him from the Chappelle show. Um, Okay, wait. This guy here is playing a parole officer. We'll never see him again. But you see his face? He's been all over TV. His name's Theodore Wilson. You know, Good Times and the Sanford Arms, that spinoff from uh, Sanford and Lennon. But he's going to go away. And this is the only time we'll see him. I just wanted to make note of him because he's he had a long, long career on TV in nice. the 70s. Can you do Sanford Arms? That was with Red Fox or he passed away and it was Lamont? Yeah, no, like, it wasn't. No, I think the son died. Oh. All right. So there was Sanford's son. There was Lamont, mm-hmm. right? Didn't know Grady. Grady had his own show. Yeah, they didn't spin off Lamont. It was Grady, Sanford Arms, and I think there was a show called Sanford as well. Yeah, that's this show that he was on. Okay, check this out: the Biker Snake. You see them there to the left. Yeah. Okay, he was in. Okay, he was Cal, the Texas-born junkyard partner of Fred G. Sanford in Sanford. The short-lived Sanford and Son sequel. I recognize. I, I, I totally see him. Yeah, right, right. That's right. It all comes together. And he was not what? in Falls Three, like I thought. Okay, but you know it's so funny. He has the great biker look. Like you see those in like commercials. Hey, buddy, you smell great. Right. Oh, thanks. I can't understand why Stewardess School has. A, can you? Do you mind fixing C? Hey, s- some picture you got. Dude, I know. Track it. Videotape. This is why you gotta like be kind and rewind, otherwise the tapes get fucked up. 
As this movie was a commercial failure flop at the box office, it was released straight to home video in a number of other territories. But the thing is, this was played on Comedy Central all the time, over and over and over and over. Up until the I early see. 2000s, one of the most played films on American cable channel, Comedy Central. Crazy. They, they spent $8 million on this, and they made 136000 That's brutal, dude. <laughs> That's a flop. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, that, I mean... This premise of like we get to meet these students and they all have to do well and they're all in this boarding school to learn to be stewardess. Right. This boarding school thing, like it, it can't all be police academies. I don't even think police academies have dorms either, to be honest with you. Okay, so the, police academy, part of the cycle of American cop comedies that after the box office set of police academy, feds in 88, recruits in 86. Yeah. Off in 86 night patrol in 84 right moving violations in 85 which we saw squad we saw moving violations you remember that yeah. it's with bill murray's brother right and i really didn't think it was a okay wait now what happens here you see to the right there we have sexy 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 girl okay yeah and she was a prostitute and the parole officer dropped her off so she's going to completely turn on wiedemeyer and he's going to basically pop a boner. Yeah, very And he's not going to be able to speak. This is just like that BJ in the Police, Police Academy, Academy movies. Yeah. In flight instruction training. And you can, you can be assured. Uh, Whoa! We will never nipple and dime you. <laughs> never nipple and dime you. <laughs> nickel and dime you on your education oh she dropped something your instructors uh -oh. are firm but fair if you if you get a, a little more work see they're firm they won't be a little behind on you behind now iron pants is <laughs> iron pants. That's, her, that's her nickname her right there yeah oh she's not having any well, i guess that's about it from old Roger Wiedemeyer. <laughs> Wiedemeyer. Uh, once again. Not Niedemeyer, right? From Right, no, Wiedemeyer. Wiener Meyer. Wiener. Wiener Meyer. Wiener Meyer. You got to get a Wiener joke in there. You know, you know the old thing about you can't go to the chalkboard when you got a boner? He's like, oh, he I'll just stand here as you talk. She's looking at it too. Yeah, she goes, it's disgusting, but then she's going to kind of like it. If when you she all goes, oh, pay attention to the following rules, I'm sure we'll all get along. She's a hard ass. Oh, watch this. Uh, well, oops. Oh. They did that in one of the police academies. They, I think it was two or three. They, they went up to get their graduation papers, and this woman mm -hmm. unfortunately bumps into this guy's crotch and gets hit by another guy in the backside. And in the movie, they actually, you could see the lumps in their pants. They made sure whoever set the stage <laughs> that they put in like a prop uh, boner in there. It's art direction. Art direction, right. And continuity, you got to make sure it's, you know, if it's limp, if it's half mass, <laughs> if it's full. Oh, there's the food. Oh, the cafeteria, stewardess school. The food is disgusting at the cafeteria. Right, of course. Yeah. And he yeah. goes, just like mom never made. So look, he said, Hello, ladies. Goodbye. The girls exit. 
He's better than Booger. I, I give him that much. I think Booger got annoying in the second movie. You know, mm-hmm. his shtick got tired. Okay, so now oh. Jack Tripper's wife is going to talk to Ghost Rider's dad. <laughs> oh, wiping his crotch off. Already. Because she's a klutz. She's a klutz. It's her whole shtick. And he's a klutz, kind of, when he has his, when his glasses are off. Exactly right. So Damn. we're going to now get a love interest kind of thing that won't really pay off. I got to say, Ghost Rider's dad is pretty built. oh now here's the snob the snobs versus slobs in these comedies right 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 now what it is is okay let me just pull up her name iron pants she is miss grummet miss grummet and she came to fame like behind like a, a, a basically broadway and bob fossey you know, so um, she was in a chorus line and all that jazz and all that jazz. So anyway, she's mad because he lowered the standards of admission just to get tuition. And he assures her, don't worry about it. Yes, we lowered the standards just to get more money. But there's a cut list, isn't there? You decide right. who's not good enough and you cut them. So They'll never about- make Delta House will never be recognized. So we get the money and then you kick them out. Why is that? Oh, fire alarm, but it wasn't a fire alarm. It's iron pants. I want to set one thing in this stewardess academy, stewardess school, stewardess university, stewardess college. What are are the credentials? Stewardess school, and the song calls it stew school. So dumb. I'm trying to think what other. Oh, I I think like this and Hamburger Universe, Hamburger University, and Hamburger the movie are are two of the more ridiculous mm-hmm. police academy uh for, templates. Moving violations. They didn't have dorms, but they had to go to uh, driver's ed every day. Yeah, I I think that like it is inspired by police academy. That's a fair call but this isn't a police academy and uh it's fair it's fair well this idea of having dorms for something that's basically two weeks four months of uh training now why didn't you comment on donnie most shirt being off and call it homoerotic i'm not into you on yeah no the other guy uh (laughs) Who's Ralph Mouth and who's the other one? Potsy. I love more of a Potsy. Oh, Potsy. Guy. You're more of a Potsy. Yeah. Oh, Potsy. Sure. Sit on you know it, the Gil- You know the Gilbert Gottfried joke about Nostradamus making a lot of predictions, but one prediction that no one really believed was that he thought Winkler would have his own spinoff. <laughs> and people in town will say, Chachi, sure, but oh, Winkler. Oh, the, uh, no, I think that's the other way. No, oh, I think sure, it's the other Ch- way around. Yeah. Oh, Winkler, sure. No, no, I think it's like he predict Winkler would have his own spinoff, and the people in the town said, Winkler, I know. Chachi, sure, but Winkler? <laughs> Not so much. Now, I love Wendy Joe's Spritzer. I just watched Animal, uh, Bachelor Party, rewatched it, and she's so good yeah. in that movie. So they're here for their physical, and she's like a one note actress. Everything she plays in, it's all about her weight. 
and that's what's going on in this movie too. So, so she's self-conscious about this examination coming up. Right. She's not going to pass. Now, if they don't pass their examination, they're kicked out of um they're kicked out of stewardess school. So as soon as sexy sexy hears this, she makes a plot to make sure she passes this physical. If you know Oh, so maybe the the doctor will be so distracted by sexy sexy that he signs uh Wendy Joe but we saw Wendy Joe at a doctor's in moving violations. Do you remember that? She yep. goes to a mechanic, Fred Willard, thinking it was a physical, and he right. puts, so he's gonna yeah. get up on the yeah, the, check out her undercarriage. <laughs> okay, now I'm gonna play this audio because it's pretty funny. The doctor. Okay. And I, I didn't find the doctor's right there. Wait a moment. You want me to take my clothes off? Well, I don't think that would be a bad idea. <laughs> because, do you want me to take my clothes off? Well, I don't think that that would be a bad idea. But I love how, like, he can't see her. It's such a vaudevillian thing. He's washing his, he's literally washing his eyes. And he can't, <laughs> who the fuck wash? Like, I clean my face thoroughly. But, you know, in, in vaudeville, I got to wash it like this. Like, what? So that was the yeah. whole joke. Now, it's also very funny. Now, this movie's not really very funny. It's a very bad movie until the end in which it gets good for a little while. It's a weird thing. But this is a good scene. How the, And it's all this character actor. I think he's like yeah. one of those 70s, um, you know, he was in like the Apple Dumpling Gang kind of movies. He's that kind of... I'm going to play the audio for this part. Sure. When he passes yeah, her, it's really funny. What a mess. Syrups. Oh, I'm so offended. Well, I'm just saying, like, he could at least put a new sheet on the... Look at him, he's all fucked up. Sit! Sit! He's all out of... <laughs> so it's time for blood pressure. <laughs> the doctor's sick. He's on blood pressure. Oh, R rating. Dr. Mackey. What about me? What? My physical. Hey. I passed. Yay. Thank you, sexy, sexy. Yeah. Now, she goes, this woman was real judgmental. So he goes, I passed. Bitch. <laughs> so we've heard like cursing, but there's no tits in this movie so far. It's been 15 minutes, Carl. Yeah, we'll see a little bit of tits, but this film isn't really about, it's not a sex comedy. It's the wacky antics of, it's a police it's academy a, ripoff. It's not, oh, yeah. not ripoff, but it's, it's the not same taking, format. It's taking its format from that police academy, not taking it from, you know, hard bodies or it's not taking right. it from a, it's Q isn't a, it isn't a teen sex comedy. It's a uh, police academy wackiness. Now look, Philo, as you know, without his glasses, he's completely blind. So he goes into the women's room and they're like, ah, and, and Tripper's girlfriend's like, don't worry, he's, he's blind. blind. 
He's so blind that he even lets him shower with the girls because he just can't see. So then Donnie Most looks in and goes, oh, it's co-ed and thinks it's a, there you see the boobs? Yeah, I see him. It's hard to see him. It's like we're looking through a shower door. This <laughs> it's a little, so it's so steamy. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Okay, here he goes. Yeah, he thinks it's co-ed. I, I would have no problem with Donnie Most in there because then I could finally figure out if the uh, carpet and drapes match. <laughs> they 